today on CityCast Boise. Hear that? It's the French Tips, one of my favorite local bands. So I'm pretty stoked to be talking with band member Ivy Merrill today. We're going deep on the new album, being an artist in the pandemic, and what's ahead for the band. It's Thursday, September 8th, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Ivy, it's so great to have you on CityCast Boise. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Introduce us to the French Tips and to your bandmates. Who's in the band? And tell me about what everybody brings to the table. So we are a three-piece playing in Boise. We formed in late 2016 and got a slow start in 2017. So it's myself and then my two bandmates, Rachel and Angela. I play bass and guitar and I sing. And then Rachel also plays bass and guitar and sings. And Angela plays drums and sings and a little bit of bass. I didn't really know either of my bandmates really outside of playing music when we first started playing. And so um, over the years, I've gotten to know them and they've become close friends of mine. And um, playing in a three-piece like that, we each get a lot of opportunity to bring something unique to the table. So, you know, both the women I play with are so, they're really strong songwriters, singers, instrumentalists, you know, producers, composers, like they really can very thoughtfully shape a song and perform it. So, so Rachel plays, she, she's one of those people that can play anything. (laughs) She can pick up any instrument and play it. She's incredible. Oh, that's amazing. So she's just so much fun to perform with. She's has this really unique quality of being able to just continue to improve songs for a really long time being able to listen and hear new melodies even years later. Yeah, it's got to be more fun for for you guys too when you perform the same song after a while over and over again. Yeah, yeah. then your other bandmate? Angela, so she plays drums and she sings also. Um, she also plays bass uh, on at least one song. We're always trying to get her to play more bass because she is such a natural. She brings a lot of other talents to the band. I mean, I'd like to think all of us take on a lot of extra duties. But Angela, she does video production for her work and she just brings a whole lot of herself to to what we do as a band. It sounds like a really good dynamic and super collaborative. Um, but Ivy, what about you? I am really passionate about songwriting. And so um, I guess I just pour a lot of myself into that in this band. And it's pretty special to be able to sing with two other people. Sometimes I sing songs on my own. But oftentimes it's all three of us kind of coming in and out of the songs or singing even together. There's some layered parts where maybe two of us are, um, you know, one has a melody, one has a harmony, and then somebody else has an entirely different part they're singing underneath it. And so that's really exciting and inspiring as a singer to be able to to write songs in that way. That's pretty new for me. So 
with songwriting for you, um, I want to talk about, yeah, your most recent album, All the Rage, which just came out. Talk to me about putting this together from a songwriting perspective, but also just instrumentation. How did, how did you guys do this? We originally were supposed to go into the studio to record in spring of 2020, and then everything changed. <laughs> and so we actually took some time off playing for a little bit. Um, maybe because there was a lot of uncertainty and it was kind of hard to figure out how to get music going again. But we did end up writing more material for the record. And um, we recorded at the beginning of um, 2021. And so we had a lot of time. We had no idea when we would be able to put this record out into the world. And so, you know, we spent a whole lot of time putting extra guitar parts, there's some key parts, there's vocals, and we added a few more songs that we would not have had on the record had we ended up recording in 2020. So it ended up being a much longer project than maybe what we had originally intended. And we had a lot more time to put together the artwork for it and to just kind of dream about what we wanted to create and put out in the world. And because there wasn't really live music for a good portion of that. We just spent a lot more time collaborating on some of the visual artistic aspects of the record, which was um, exciting because I'd never really been able to spend that much time working on the visual aspect of, of putting a record out. Oh, interesting. I mean, of course, the pandemic was awful for for artists, um, but very interesting that you found this kind of silver lining around being able to spend more time on the visuals. And the visuals of this album are amazing. Uh, the album cover itself is so great. And of course, you also have um, music video, at least one that I saw for um, Rearview, that, that song that you guys put out. Yeah, so we collaborated with our friend James. He made a video for us before for our last record. And again, maybe we just had more time to talk about what we wanted to do and kind of just aim big. He came up with this concept. And, you know, at that point, we thought, well, why not why not bring in people to help do like hair and makeup and things like that? So um, maybe that wouldn't have been something we necessarily would have done in the past. But having had this opportunity to just really think more deeply about some of the visual aspects and some of the collaborations we could do with other incredible artists to do our videos and to do the, the album artwork and things like that, it um, definitely felt like a very rich way to connect to our um creative community. Well, Rearview is a really fun uh, music video. It's like, I'll try to describe it. It's black and white is the general template, at least at first. And there's like silk gloves, you know, a close-up of silk gloves, this classic Chevy, cat eye glasses, cocktail dresses, and uh, these women in this car. And it is so, so much fun. Um, and I guess that's, how do you think about, you know, the process of performance, uh, you know, obviously for a music video, but then actual live performance too. Who, who are you performing for? Um, and who is this, who's meant to listen to this, I guess? It's a great question. So, you know, I think when we first started as a band, we really needed this outlet. We very much gravitated towards one another because we just, we wanted the refuge of maybe exploring our rage and our fun and our our joy together and so I, I think that firstly we write the music really for ourselves and I know when I perform 
feeling really connected to my bandmates is is the most important thing. I feel like all the energy that comes from a show starts there. Um, yeah. But after that, I mean, you know, I think that music can be such an escape and it can be such a conduit for emotional experiences. And I hope that whoever is coming to our shows, you know, no matter their background or their age, that they that they feel connected in that way. You know, I guess I hope that we write music for people who also need to to be part of angry fun dance music (laughs) (laughs) does it ever feel like you know you're you're making it and then it feels like this third thing like you you write it you compose it it goes out in the world and then it takes on a life of its own that maybe you didn't even expect or didn't think someone would connect to it in a certain way you know, one thing that's been kind of incredible about this band is that people have really responded to some of the songs hmm. in a way that is um, maybe extra than what I've experienced in the past. You know, we've had people sing along to parts of songs at shows or um, get really excited about a few of the songs that we've put out. And so that's always really exciting, of course, as somebody who writes music, but it's also really interesting to see what parts of what songs really connect with people and, you know, what qualities exist in the songs that make them just really memorable to people or really exciting. Yeah. And I, I imagine not to go back to COVID, but, um, you know, coming out of this pandemic and people really just being, you know, starving for live music, for getting reconnected with the Boise music scene um, and for coming to shows, being able to sing out loud, uh, to music with people, with strangers in a crowd. That's an experience so many people have missed for, for years. Um, and I can imagine it feels like there's just extra, there's something extra going on. Uh, as well as, of course, I mean, some of your music, I don't know if it's intentionally political, but it can be interpreted as such, at least sometimes. And certainly, you know, like the the Riot Girl throwback sounds, um, obviously, in this moment in our political mo- <laughs> political uh, history in Idaho, I-, I could imagine some people really gravitating towards some lyrics and, and also just a personal agency yeah. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I think that um, what attracted us to this band in the first place was just needing a place where we could just work through those things with each other and have a space that belonged to us where we could really, and not just a gut reaction to the things that were happening politically, but more just what it means to be a person in the world at this moment and to be a woman at this moment and to need to be around other people and just feel things deeply. And the music really continues to, to give us that, that place, that kind of sacred place where we can come together and work through the things that we're dealing with, you know, individually and kind of collectively. And it's really inspiring to play music with, with anyone really. Yeah. Um, I think that you, get to really connect to other people's humanity in such a deep and interesting way when you get to create music with them. And so um, I really love the people that my bandmates are and getting to know them and kind of these deeper parts of them that we don't talk about, you know, in conversation, but we communicate about deeply in the music that we write. Yeah. 
Well, one song on your album that reflected a really tough time for you and also just how you came through it with your bandmates, it sounds like, uh, at least in the description I read on Bandcamp, is um, Patient. Yeah. As I understand it, you you had a, a really rough time with a bout of long COVID. I did. Tell me about that. There was like that two-month period that all of us remember where we were really all locked down. Yep. And so coming out of that, very soon thereafter, I caught COVID. It was one of the earlier strains, mm. and nobody was vaccinated at that point. And there also weren't that many cases in Boise yet. I think I was one of maybe 150. So, Oh, so so scary at that point. We just didn't know any so many things. Yeah, yeah. But the original infection wasn't bad. And then, um, yeah, long COVID, it's, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon of there's lots of young people with no underlying health conditions who can then go on to develop long COVID symptoms. So for me, it was brain fog and fatigue. Um, and it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if I if I would be able to work. I didn't know if I'd be able to like do some of the things I wanted to do with my kids, you know, long term. And so it probably took about five months to get back to feeling normal-ish. Wow. So I feel very lucky. I have just a couple residual effects from it. But, you know, it was a really harrowing experience in a lot of ways. But I think it really deepened my sense of empathy for the different ways that people can experience their bodies and, and illness but also increase my feeling of gratitude just to be able to do the things that I can do, including playing music. Um, you've been performing music, Ivy, in, in Boise for a long time. Talk to me about the evolution of the Boise music scene and where you think it is today. What's, what's going on that's interesting in this moment? So I've played in Boise for 20 years in different bands. And I started when I was 18. And back then, there just weren't as many people here and there weren't as many bands here. And a lot of great creative people would leave Boise <laughs> either when they graduated <laughs> high school or right. when they... It was the exodus. Yeah. yeah they. I mean, yeah. there were lots of amazing creative people that would just leave. So the community of people playing music, you know, even if you didn't play the same style of music as somebody else. I mean, the music scene was so small that everybody just kind of knew each other and there weren't as many clubs. And so I think there was something really special about it, but also kind of comfortable about it in a way. And now there are just so many incredible bands and there's more people, there's more venues, there's more people who genuinely love music and come out to shows. You know, they're not even musicians, but they're just music lovers who come out to yeah. shows. And so... The bar is very high, I would say, very, right now. There's just people putting out incredible songs, incredible records, putting on incredible live shows. I mean, I feel so lucky to live in this city right now and be able to see such incredible music and just feel constantly inspired by the other bands. And um, I would just add to that that one very important part of a music scene is how accessible it is to young people. Yep. And there have been times since I was young... Um, you know, I started playing when I was 18, but I started going to shows earlier than that. And um, there's times when those shows are 
readily available and there's lots of great access to music and live music. And then there's times when it's been a lot more of a struggle. And I think even now with the music scene being as robust as it is, sometimes that can still be a struggle to find ways to like venues that are an exciting experience and um, available to younger people. And, you know, making sure that they're available in not just Boise, but also the surrounding areas for young people to go to. Um, That's a really good point. Someone who's been around for 20 years still remembering what it was like to be like 15 and really wanting to go to see a show, right? Um, Standing on the dumpster outside of the Neuralux. (laughs) Back when you could smoke in the Neuralux. And so there was a vent that would just blow cigarette smoke in your face. Or the door would be propped open a little bit in the alley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you already mentioned, but you're inspired by a lot of bands. Any any particular bands right now in in Boise that you're really stoked about that you're, you're loving? Yeah, so um, there's, I'm going to forget some of them because there's just too many to count. But um, some of the bands we've been playing with lately, Blix, uh, Rat Champion, those are the bands that played with us at our record release. Cool. We're really excited about Plum Vision, um, AKA Bell, which is a band that's been around mm. for a long time, but they just continue to, make, to put on great live shows and put out great music. And then, of course, our our friends in Blood Lemon who are just oh, yeah. killing it. Um and continue to be a really inspiring band of of women playing fun music. So cool, Ivy. What's next for French Tips? What's uh, what are you what are you up to um, touring, or what's your what's your next thing that you guys are looking to, ahead to? So we're about to go on the road for three weeks with Built to Spill. So cool. Um, we're very excited about that. It's kind of all over the U.S. We're going to visit states we've never been to before. Um, I've never toured uh, kind of the South or the Midwest, and so we'll get to hit a lot of those places. Um, and then we're going to play Flipside, which is a new festival here in Boise in right. Garden City. So we're going to do that the day we get back. <laughs> That's toward the end of September. Yep. Okay. Yep. And um, and then after that, you know, we have a couple shows in um, October. And then we're talking about maybe getting back to writing, um, which is our first love. Uh, so yeah, lots to look forward to for sure. That's great. Well, I've really enjoyed, um, listening to all the rage over the last couple months. Uh, it's a super fun album and it was great to connect with you and hear a little bit more about the music that I'm hearing and what I'm uh, really digging right now. So thanks Ivy for, for telling us about it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. One more thing before you go. The Boise School District Board of Trustees election earlier this week stands out to me in a couple of ways. First, according to Idaho Education News, this year's turnout more than doubled numbers from the previous election in 2020. And for the first time ever, a current student in the district will be a trustee, helping to steer the direction of public schools for the next two years. Thanks for listening to CityCast Boise. Our theme music is by Up Is The Down Is The. The podcast is made by Evelyn Avitia and Jennifer Jarrett. And Blake Hunter writes our newsletter, which you should really subscribe to if you haven't yet. And I'm Frankie Barnhill, lead producer of the show. And remember, we're looking for a full-time host to join our growing team. You have until the end of the day on September 12th to throw your hat in the ring, so get on it. We'll be back on Tuesday with more Boise news.